Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Light Reading Podcast. My name is Phil Harvey, and I am an editor here at Light Reading. I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm also an editor at Light Reading. I'm Pablo Tomasi, Principal Analyst covering private networks and enterprise 5G at Omdia. Pablo from Omdia, thank you so much for uh, joining us again. Uh, you've been a repeat guest now two or three times, I think, something like that. Uh, how have you been? All good. As you can see, compared to the previous times, now I'm back at the office, so a bit of a change in pace, yeah. uh, definitely here in London, but I'm, I'm glad to be here with you guys to talk about private networks and what is happening in this market. Everyone seems to be really, really interested in private networks, so it's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Yeah, we're definitely covering it a lot more um, from the point of view of, well, there's two sort of things. It, it doesn't, it doesn't um, uh, sort of follow the path of a traditional telco market in that the competitive landscape is so um, varied at a point. And that's that's been one of the really interesting developments from my point of view is that the usual players are going to be uh, a major factor in the market, but they're not necessarily going to be the only ones and they might not even be the dominant players in, in the space. Um, has the competitive landscape changed much since the last time we've talked? Because when the, the last time we talked, there were a, a lot of, I think it was right before Mobile World Congress, lots of market dynamics were sort of um, happening because uh, there were tons of partnerships being announced, lots of um, proof of concepts, uh, lots of partnerships with various kinds of companies. Um, has that activity ramped up anymore or is it uh, uh, or has the uh, types of companies that are involved uh, changed since, since the last time we talked? I think there are a couple of very interesting points to discuss when it comes to the competitive landscape of private networks. Uh, first of all, something that I see on a daily basis is that you see companies uh, that are entering the market and trying to find the right strategy to target private networks from all different backgrounds. Now, what's interesting um, to see in this market is that while a company enters perhaps with a new strategy that will affect all the strategies that are currently used by existing players. And when I'm saying that everyone wants to be in private networks, uh, we have offerings from telcos, network vendors, uh, system integrators. Now you have uh, IT and enterprise players, you have startups, uh, and you also have industrial vendors that are increasingly looking to um, to understand what's their role with, uh, with private networks. Now, when I'm talking instead about different strategies emerging and uh, potentially shaping the future of the market. Recently, just before the MWC, we have seen Cisco and HP uh, starting to target the market, looking at bridging the Wi-Fi versus private, private cellular conversation. So that is a, a significant development compared to the previous conversation that were very much centered around cellular versus Wi-Fi. Yeah, and you you recently uh, did um, a really great recap of Mobile World Congress and and some of the the major topics there, and you were talking about private networks, and I thought it was interesting. Um, one of the points you made was that uh, you know talking about some of these solutions doesn't equate to being an expert in it. So can you talk a little bit about how um, you know it does seem like a lot of vendors are ready to jump on private networks, but how do um, service providers and enterprises, uh, how can they be alert to, you know, just because the vendors involved, they might not be uh, quite the expert that they're looking for? 
yeah, this is a fascinating, fascinating subject when it comes to private networks. I think the hype of the market, the the potential that private five G is bringing to to the whole ecosystem, is making vendor rushing up to enter this market. So. Every vendor wants to be part of private networks. Now, uh, if you recall one of the previous discussions that we have, uh, I've mentioned that this is a fragmented market. This is a different market, multiple verticals, different regions. Uh, and this means that uh, there are lessons that you need to learn. Providing something for manufacturers is not the same as the energy and is not the same as education, so on and so forth. So if you're rushing into this market, but you haven't done your homework, so to speak, well, you're going to have to do it eventually. So that will take a few years before you can say, yes, I'm actually up to speed. I'm becoming an expert in selling to this vertical rather than that vertical. And this is something that is not really happening yet. And, and instead, something that, that I still see in the market, a few of the big announcements that have been made recently, uh, they are effectively uh, beta. They are sort of soft launches. So a company is providing private 5G, yes, but it's still a soft launch, which means that there is an understanding that is not that isn't straightforward to enter this market and to be successful. And and I think uh, um, this is something that not everyone has yet figured out. It's a market that takes time. Uh, it's a market that takes uh, love and patience, <laughs> if you want. Yeah, the... Uh, um the fragmentation, the market fragmentation is going to be, you know, I think continue to be the story. So I guess when we, what we'll look for a, a big sign that the market is maturing will be when um, both uh, service providers and vendors maybe declare a specialty and maybe they sort of uh, pick a set of verticals and they say, we're really just mostly focusing on this, on these verticals, because that's when they've done their, their research they know those markets well. They know the players and the competitive dynamics and the technical challenges. And um, any, and maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but any any company saying they can help everyone in private networks is maybe overreaching a bit at this point. I, I would definitely say it's uh, it's overreaching. You know, of course there is a, a role that you can play across multiple deals, across multiple verticals. But if you want to to gain a little bit more from private networks. So if you want to move a little bit up the, the stack of revenues that is available, you simply cannot do it for all the verticals. And you cannot do it on your own as well, right? You need an ecosystem of partners. And one of the of the issues that I currently see in the market is that when everyone is looking for partnerships, there is a race for logos. You just want to have 5, 10, 20 different companies that you say, they are my partners. That's all fair and good. But I don't see a lot of companies thinking this uh, to the next level. So of those partners that I currently have, how many of them will go after the same revenues that I want to go after? So effectively, are these short-term partnerships or long-term partnerships? And that will be uh, a big difference. I, I think the market will move from a quantitative type of partnership to a qualitative type of partnership. You need, you need to ensure that your long-term view and the long-term view of your partners is well aligned. And at the moment, everyone is just, I want an ecosystem. <laughs> I want as many partners as we can. And, and that could be a little bit of a challenge going forward. Yeah, it's a bit of a land grab. Like you said, land grab for logos. And it doesn't seem like, um, well, it does seem like that, that or it's very possible that, par that, that uh, partners pursuing one industry vertical might turn around and compete with one another in a, in a separate industry vertical, even though 
it's still, you know, in the, in the same, uh, broad category of, of offering private networks, especially private 5g networks, since that seems to be the, the, uh, uh, the end goal is to uh, provide, uh, you know, 5G networks. Uh, Kelsey, do you have something or do you, do you want me to keep? Yeah, another uh, another thing you kind of touched on in your presentation and that we've, you know, related to a little bit here today already is um, some unrealistic expectations about um, private 5G. Is that um, from all sides of the playing field, from vendors, service providers, and enterprises, or do you feel like there there's one side that is setting more unrealistic expectations? How how would you rate them? I suppose. Yeah. Oh, oh well, I would say it's a little like bit upset. Is what yeah, she well, said. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, that, that, that's that's a tricky one. Uh, I would say, just say uh, everyone. those who are. <laughs> <laughs> those who are more uh, grounded to earth, I think, for their expectations, uh, there's actually the enterprise. Uh, and this is because, you know, the whole conversation, the whole hype around 5G touches the enterprise, but the enterprise, I think, has a, an understanding of 5G is a tool and that tool can be used in certain ways. Uh, but they know that it could use other tools, right? So they kind of understand, okay, this is promising but has to be into a context. Uh, in terms of uh, some unrealistic expectation, I some of the vendors, they are very bullish about this market, but that's, you know, fair enough. Uh, some are very bullish about the, the number of clients that they could get in a year. And if you followed a little bit, some of the numbers are out there and you can have a look at the, the numbers that Nokia is, is pushing forward um, quarter on quarter, roughly 30 to 40 new customers. Uh, that is sort of a, a very, you know, well-executed strategy at this point in time. So that's the number to beat. If someone comes back to me and you enter, then, you know, wants to have uh, 50 or 60 new customers per quarter, well, that is, you know, Hopefully they're going to achieve that, but I'm very skeptical. <laughs> and again, I don't think this is really happening, but you know, yeah. they may pull me wrong. <laughs> Outside of a couple of really large companies though, I think the volume game doesn't seem like a, a uh, doesn't seem like a fair indicator of how successful a company is being in this space because the, 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 the nature of what you're building for an enterprise or for, uh, you know, a group of companies in a, in a vertical is, you know, is a it's a very long term project and you're and it's multiple components and connectivity and and devices and all kinds of things and all kinds of services layered on top of that so you might have a a, a handful of customers but they might be really um uh, i guess uh, uh, profitable customers over a long period of time so you still could be very successful in this market even if you didn't even if you weren't running up the numbers um which leads me to a question: um, What, uh, where have uh, service providers been having the most success so far? Have, you know, we, we've talked about a lot of trials and a lot of partnerships, but are there actual places uh, we can point to in the market where we're saying, yes, they built this private uh, private wireless network or private five G network, and uh, and it it looks like a you know a, a case study for success. Uh, a couple of points here. Um, first of all, yeah, there, there are plenty of deployments. If you're looking at some of the service provider uh, that, you know, they partner with vendors and, you know, they deployed networks and they're up and running and, you know, it's all, it's all good. Um, 
Something I wanted to, to touch though before, you correctly mentioned this could be very long-term engagement and that is sort of one of the opportunity. You're supporting enterprise on the long-term. At the same time, it's also one of the challenge because uh, putting the resources to support someone in the long-term, it means that it's not scale scalable. You cannot easily replicate because you have to put those resources, that attention to support the, the enterprise client, which is the opportunity at the end of the day. Now. Uh, rather than specific deployments, uh, there are plenty of deployments around the world. I would recommend our audience to have a look at the private LTN 5G network tracker that we produce here at Omdia that, that highlights uh, a lot of these different deployments, a lot of the trials uh, and all different announcements for private networks. Uh, but rather than that, something that I think was, was significant is that we have seen service providers starting to have more unique strategies. So starting to look a little bit beyond the uh, the obvious uh, alliance with the big network vendors. Uh, something that is particularly, I thought it was particularly interesting was Verizon partnering with Celona. So you have, you know, one of the largest uh, service provider globally partnering with the startup. Uh, and, and that could really be uh, an interesting development for the market because uh, Celona provides a very specific offering that could be used to target the small and medium enterprise segment. And I'm really curious to see if this partnership uh, will enable Verizon to sort of accelerate in this market. And I think we will need to wait a few quarters to see uh, whether there is, you know, the right results and whether the execution from these two companies is right. Yeah, that'll be an interesting one to watch for sure. Um, I do like the idea of them parting, partnering with startups because, um, you know, that again, back to the specialization, you know, most startups have a, um, have a very specific idea of what they're, uh, you know, especially at first, what they're good at and what market they want to chase because they need, they really more than anybody need early success to show their investors that it's worth continuing to invest and expand and scale and so on. So, uh, you would, you would say that they're not going to be one of those, uh, to, to take on the whole world, but just, uh, just maybe a specific, uh, subset of companies that they feel like they can have quick, uh, you know, re relatively quick results in, uh, Kelsey, any, any, uh, any follow-ups there? I, I was starting to ask a question and then I just started rambling. So, <laughs> um, are there, uh, you know, specific use cases or uh, verticals that are doing particularly well with um, private networks right now, like IoT or manufacturing or um, any thoughts on that? So uh, th there are some, some verticals are doing better than others. Uh, I don't say, I wouldn't say manufacturing. That's probably a lot of people are going to hate <laughs> me for this, but there, there it is. Manufacturing is the holy grail of private networks. Uh, everyone sees that huge opportunity and everyone wants to be part of the opportunity. Now, it's it's a little bit of a, of a dream if you want or something that is not going to happen at the moment. So when you look at a lot of the deployments in the manufacturing space, uh, you see that most of them, not all of course, but most of them are, are quite limited in size and in scope. So you can call them glorified proof of concept if you want. And this is just because it, it takes it takes some time, you know, to convince the whole ecosystem that this is the right technology, is bringing the, the right results, so on and so forth. Um, but that effectively means that it will take some, some time and, and there are multiple challenges. Um, rather than manufacturing, I think mining is still one you know, arguably uh, the most advanced vertical and it has uh, fairly large deployments and 
to be fair, when we are looking at the mining space, uh, it has probably a 10-year advantage over manufacturing in terms of the first deployments. So it means roughly 10 years of learnings, both from the enterprise side and from the vendor CSPs of partner uh, to understand, okay, is this working? Uh, you know, what else do we need to do? How can we integrate with the different systems? Uh, what are the challenges that, that these enterprises really need to get addressed with the private networks? Uh, so I was saying, uh, when we want to look at some larger deployments, some more interesting deployments, definitely look at mining rather than manufacturing. Is mining, um, you know, it just my characterization of the vertical itself is it's more connectivity oriented than versus manufacturing almost needs like multiple dimensions of, uh, you know, it needs everything from cloud computing to edge computing to connect, you know, really fast connectivity, robotics, IOT, you know, there's like all these layers and layers. Mining to me seems like it, it's the, the, seems like there's more of a premium on just the, the connectivity space uh, in general. I, I would disagree a little bit. I think that the big difference probably with mining is, is that if we really, you know, go at the bottom of the issue, mining, you have very clear safety KPIs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, that you that you can deliver upon, right? Uh, and I'm not saying that manufacturer doesn't have them, but with mining is absolutely clear. Right. Uh, extremely dangerous zones. Uh, so if you drive automation at any part of the of the of the mine, uh, it does help with that. Uh, manufacturing can have something similar, but probably is not so obvious or not so uh, clear as with mining. So I think that that's sort of uh, something that helps accelerating. Uh, the market a little bit, uh, but you're correct. Uh, one of the challenges, one of the reasons why private networks is a complex and lengthy market is because it's not just about you know deploying the network. There are a lot of other components that you need to uh, you know um, bring into that solution, uh, and you may have some exp expertise in some of them, but you need to have partners for others. And overall, at the end of the day, you need to deliver a solution that addresses a specific problem that the enterprise has. So if your idea is just I'm delivering 5G because 5G is better, this is not really going to work for right. the enterprise. If you say I'm going to use a, a private 5G network alongside X, Y, and Z, and in that way, I'm going to address that specific API that the enterprise has, that would work. But of course, it's a, it's a different type of engagement and it, it does require time. Yeah, I think that's really interesting that you mentioned, you know, the more consistent safety measures uh, with mining, because it, it does seem like in the long run, maybe success with private networks would be being able to replicate it to some degree across, uh, you know, different companies with some specialization. But um, having having some standards in place probably helps a lot from the get-go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's where a lot of companies are, are working to, to try to find uh, that balance between how, how much can it be sort of off the shelf and how much do I need to, to custom work on top. Uh, and at this point in time, there is still a lot of custom work that needs to be done on top and definitely is going to be like this for the next few years. Uh, and that's why, while I see a lot of competition coming into private networks, then uh, a, a lot of the expectation is that this market will be quick and easy, but but it won't be. So either you accept that it's going to be you know difficult for you, uh, or you, unfortunately, you're going to have some unpleasant memories from private networks. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, it might be a, a lot of a lot of money thrown down the mine, so to speak. Um, so, uh, Pablo, we're uh, expecting to see you in about a week, uh, the seventeenth and eighteenth in Austin, Texas. There will be a, a industry event called the Big Five G event. Our parent company that owns both Omdia and Light Reading uh, uh, owns this event, uh, the, the the Big Five G event. Um, will you be there and what types of uh, issues will you be talking about uh, if you are there? <laughs> um, uh, you know, as, as it re- relates to private networks, what, uh, what, 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 where I guess is the, is the conversation going next? Uh, yeah, first of all, uh, I'm very excited. Uh, I will be attending the event, and it's the first uh, trip back uh, to the U.S. in a in a long time. So, quite excited to be there. Uh, and we are gonna have a, a whole afternoon talking about private networks. So we're gonna dissect the topic. We're gonna discuss uh, business model strategies. The, the relationship between private networks and edge. So there is going to be uh, a lot of conversation for everyone who's interested in this market. Excellent. Yeah. So if you've listened to this and you're not as familiar with the private networks market, um, it might be uh, good for you to get to that event somehow. And, you know, you kind of can get the a much bigger picture of what's happening because like Pablo says, this is a, it's an incredibly dynamic space. It's an interesting space because there's all kinds of competitors, both on the enterprise um, and industry side and on the, the telco side. And all sides seem to be equally convinced that um, that that there is some long-term opportunity here, but uh, because it's a long-term opportunity, no one's really right or wrong just yet. It's still sort of you know it's it's, it's still sort of sh- shaping up. So we'll kind of see how things uh, you know how things progress, and uh, I, I I I think it'll be. Uh, you know, interesting to hear what the folks in the in the various uh, verticals have to say about this, especially the ones that have maybe been trying this on their own in the past. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, uh, unique networking situations, and now they're turning to you know the uh, service providers and their partners and saying, you, you know, maybe you guys can fix this for us. And I think we'll leave it there for now. Uh, Pablo Tomasi, thanks so much for uh, uh, for joining us here on the Light Reading Podcast. And uh, we will see you soon in Austin. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you very much for having me. I look forward to catch up with you guys next week. Thanks, Pablo. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye.